Journey into comics. Poor 360. Journey into wrestling. Foodies watching movies. Adulting ain't easy. Podcastrophy. Kids for Sale. Voice Survival Podcast. Crucial Tunes. Gallif Radio. Brews with Dudes. Dungeons with Dudes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or at journeyintocomics.com. The following, the following, the following. Journey, into journey into comics. A journey into comics. A journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey, this is Veronica from Foodies Watching Movies, and you're listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week show. Highlights from all the episodes on the network this week. Enjoy. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. We're 46 minutes in. You've heard a retelling of my crazy, insane, busy, tumultuous, fun, wild, award-winning weekend. By the way, crazy to note, we are now two-time award winners, which means we're really going to be able to jack up our prices now that we're two-time award winners. Thanks for that quote, Rocket Raccoon. I love it. All right, so let's get into some comic book news. We're going to do this with grace and such vigor because I'm energetic I want to talk about it. Let's get into it. We got a F ton of Marvel news. I'll start there as I usually do because it's the longer news, as it were, right? The longer news. So let's get into it, you guys. Really quickly, this one's a brief one because this is just confirmation of something I said last week. I said this last week. This report came out two days after, or this, the, it actually came out the day of. Hours after my show had dropped. So maybe they got the tip for me. They didn't They didn't reference or quote us, but maybe they got the tip or the idea for me. I don't know. Uh, I know they got the actual tip from an actual source. I was just having conjecture and lending my opinion of what I thought would be great if they were to do in Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, but they're actually going to do it in some form because it has been confirmed. Michael Keaton returning is Adrian Toomes, the vulture. Now, what's he doing? He's in prison. What are they going to do in prison? I wonder. All right. So that's pretty exciting. I'm super stoked that I called that and that it's uh, it's been confirmed. Uh, now, this is a little bit of comic book news we have for you. Uh, Galactus has been consuming planets since the Big Bang created the Marvel Universe. At some point during his travels through the cosmos, he realized that his quest would be much more efficient if he sent out scouts to find someone. So, like... You know, the Silver Surfer is the Herald of Galactus. So, the Fantastic Four have only recently reunited. The Richards family have been off exploring and rebuilding the multiverse. They finally returned to their home just in time to attend Ben Grimm's marriage to Alicia Masters. Unfortunately, that wedding was interrupted by a massive holographic image of Doctor Doom. Doom proclaimed that Galactus, the world devourer, was headed to Earth and that Doom alone would stand against the planet eater. Doom had gone through a kind of transformation during Reed Richards' time away. His scarred face had been healed. He had tried to turn over a new leaf. He even became the new Iron Man for a time while Tony Stark was in a coma. But that all came to an end. His face scarred again, and he returned to his home country, Latveria, once again becoming the nation's despotic ruler. Reed stopped time long enough for Ben and Alicia to say their vows and then the Fantastic Four headed to Latveria where Galactus has already made landfall. Doctor Doom was immediately alerted to the FF's arrival and sent out his new Herald 
victorious to stop him. Victorious is the new hero for Latveria. Her real name is Zora Volkovic. She was the leader of the resistance movement that fought against an occupying army that took control of the country in Doom's absence. As seen in FF1, the recent FF1, by the way, Zora infiltrated Castle Doom and convinced Dr. Doom to return to his position as the country's ruler. He was so inspired by her that he wanted her to do the same for all Latvarians. He infused her with the, the power cosmic, transforming her into his herald. He christened her. He... He rechristened her victorious, naming her for how he expects she will make other Latvarians feel. Also, you can't spell victorious without Victor, as in Victor Von Doom. So, that's pretty dope. Pretty exciting that Doom is getting even crazier. He's an amazing villain. He is always regarded by so many people as like, man, he's... He's better than Thanos. He's more intelligent than Reed Rich. I mean, he's all these things. And Doom is the guy who really, when we're talking about what's happening with the franchises coming back to Marvel, he is one of the characters that I most have my eye on. How is Marvel MCU going to tackle Victor Von Doom? Because that guy is almost worthy, and maybe he is worthy of being the next overarching big bad for the entire MCU. He is good enough to have shortcomings and fail against the Fantastic Four in their debut movie and then come full circle and be the guy that's pulling the strings and all the bigger shit. And just because he learned his lesson, you know, he made a mistake. Sure, he made a mistake against the Fantastic Four. They got him once. Doesn't mean they're going to get him always, you know. So, cool to see that he has his own Herald. I'm excited to see what happens with that in the story. It makes me want to get back fully immersed into the Fantastic Four. And uh, that is uh, something that... Maybe if I do that, I can convince Tyler to join me on those episodes and we can review those issues. I can uh, get them to him somehow. Uh, we got some more stuff here. Here's some movie news as Ryan Reynolds recently came out and gave a little bit of a heads up saying, Hey guys, Deadpool 3 is going to happen. But it's going to be completely different. So, here's a quote from a recent report from Variety. It said his team was already at work on Deadpool 3, Reynolds added. He did say, however, that in the third installment, they were looking to go in a completely different direction, saying that often they reboot or change a character maybe like four movies too late. So, what does that sound like to you guys? It's going to be completely different. Reboot. Too late. Deadpool Reboot would be a fucking funny name for the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. To relaunch the character who's the exact same character and they keep it the same would be fucking hysterical. But they're going to add some production quality. They're going to up the level a little bit. They're going to, you know, probably not make it rated R, but maybe. You know what? And here's why I say maybe. Because, shockingly enough, we just got reports that there is a official movie on the list for Marvel's first R-rated feature. You guys want to hear it? I know you do. So here's the rumor. According to director Kate Shortland and screenwriter Jack Schaefer, they are settling in on a film for Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow that will most likely be dun-dun-dun rated R. So 
essentially, you got to think. Black Widow, she's an assassin, crazy backstory, dark, dark, dark. You've teased it before in Age of Ultron when you had her dark visions show up uh, when she was getting fucked with by the reality. Uh, well, I guess that wasn't the reality stone, but the powers of the reality stone through Wanda Maximoff. Uh, well, I guess it's really the Mind Stone that created them, but she had essentially the powers to alter reality or force people to see shit they didn't want to see. So we've seen that before, and to see that would be, uh, you know, it would be fucking awesome. A R-rated Scarlett Johansson-led Black Widow movie. If we actually get this, could be really good, and then Deadpool can just make fun of the fact that he wasn't Oh, I guess I'm not the first anymore because now I'm only in the MCU. So that that first time when I was in Fox didn't count. That never happened. You know, they're probably going to do something like that, folks. Don't be surprised. Also, let me go up on my soapbox for one second. I tried to watch Once Upon a Deadpool. Can I just say, like, while I appreciated the Fred Savage add-on stuff, I didn't finish the movie, by the way. I just I put it on when I was doing other shit and I never got back to actually like watch it, watch it. So this is not a full review. This is just like my shorthand, what I kind of got from it. My biggest issue with this movie is it was edited like made for TV, and you can tell. And they just man like knock it the freak off is not as like not something a kid says or freak off. They don't say that. Kids say fuck off. They're brash. They're cruel. Also, I think they said they only had four shits they could say in that movie, and they used them in, like, the first 22 minutes of the film. Or at least they used two or three of them for sure. Because uh, Dopender says, I shit my pants. And that was, like, right out the gate, like, two minutes in uh, to the actual story. So, uh, on my soapbox, I just didn't like the kind of made-for-TV editing. I think they could have been more clever with it. Of course... This was just a cash grab slash a funny idea come to fruition. And utilizing Fred Savage for anything is great. He was a good sport. I cannot wait to fully watch just for that part. And I've also thought, man, how fucking funny would it be if somebody did a super duper once upon a Deadpool cut where they added Fred Savage's footage in to the R-rated feature film super duper cut and just was like, Still had Deadpool talking about how it's PG-13 and we're only going to say so many fucks. But then it just it's just him still just cutting loose. Because that's typical Deadpool fashion. Like, we're not going to say the F-bomb. Fuck, 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 fuck. You know, that'd be funny as shit. I'd be all about it. <clears throat> Maybe I'll make that fuck. I don't know. Here's the big news coming out of Monday last week, guys. And this was shitty that I've had to wait to cover this. That's why I'm doing it now. Because this is my first chance. Black Panther gets seven Oscar nods. One of them is not an Oscar nod for Ryan Coogler for Best Director. Totally flabbergasted how the Academy fucked that up. But they didn't fuck up everything because Black Panther not only is the like first uh, superhero movie to get massive praise like this from the Oscars. I mean, it, it just... Let's just break it down. I, I, I guess technically Dark Knight had some some they had like best supporting actor with Heath Ledger winning and then uh, but yeah this is the most since the Dark Knight so 
enjoy that brisk drink break here in the podcast, 57 minutes in or whatnot. Black Panther gets nominated for seven different awards. Those awards include Best Costume Design. Check. They're taking it home. Best Sound Mixing. Maybe. Maybe. Best Sound Editing. Also possible. Best Original Score. Check. Best Production Design. Eh, maybe. Best Original Song for All the Stars, which is going to be performed at the Oscars. Spoiler alert. Wonder why. Uh, Check. Also, it got the big one, you guys, as Black Panther got the best picture nod. Could Black Panther steal best picture nod? Shockingly enough, it walked away with some Screen Actors Guild Awards tonight. Uh, And let's get into that right now. As... Let's see. Black Panther won for Outstanding Action Performance by a Stunt Ensemble. A lot of the fight sequences in that movie were dope, so that does not surprise me. Black Panther also won Outstanding Performance by a Cast. I include, obviously, Chadwick Boseman, Mike B. Jordan, Lupina Nyong'o, uh, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, uh, Denai Gararia, Andy Serkis, Sterling K. Brown, Martin Freeman, Forrest Whitaker, and Angela Bassett, all in that movie. Most of them were on stage. I want to say it's funny that uh, I think... Who was it? I think it was Michael B. Jordan said, like... Uh, Oh, actually, I have that quote right here because they are confident Ryan Coogler is going to return to direct a sequel and live up to the first film's history, um, saying uh, Sterling K. Brown expecting a possible sequel to Black Panther could be comparable to The Godfather Part 2. It's honestly one of those things. It's one of those things where, honestly, to be able to build on that legacy and those characters and that world that Ryan built. You know, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created years ago, but allow Ryan to actually tell that story. If there's an opportunity to come back and do a second one, I mean, take myself out of the situation, but for everyone to come back, I speak for everyone up here, it would be a tremendous accomplishment, Michael B. Jordan said. So take myself out of that situation, because obviously Mike B. Jordan did not, uh, spoiler alert, survive that first one. But, man, a Black Panther film... A sequel is going to be huge, as they say, in the world. So it's really cool that Black Panther earned how many? Best Picture and six others, right? So one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, yeah, so it's seven total. Seven total nominations for Black Panther. That is incredible, you guys. The most since Dark Knight. It's most deserving. I think a lot of these categories make sense. Tyler, it's not for best CGI. It's not for best CGI Rhino. They're not going to win that award. But they might win some of these other awards. Don't be surprised. Don't sleep on that. How about this? Another amazing thing because Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was also nominated for an Academy Award. It was nominated, obviously, for that uh let's see it was obviously nominated for the best animated feature but it's gonna face off against two disney films so there are three disney films in this category ralph breaks the internet incredibles 2 spider-man into the spider-verse which has been beating these other movies mind you uh mirai is one of them and i love dogs 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 3 of Poor 360. We're coming right around again to bring you another episode. And I mean we as in me because I'm a little tired. It's If you're from the Midwest or if you know someone from the Midwest, you know the Midwest is being hit with some crazy weather right now. Like Wednesday is supposed to be the coldest day in like 25 years? 35 years? It's something ridiculous. So... My, my work's already called off. I know I'm sure schools will be closed. It's like, going to be like negative 20 some odd, even worse with wind chill. Like, stay inside, turn your heat up, just don't mess with it. But, bringing the shards got done shoveling outside, so I'm a little cold, I'm a little sniffly, but you just kind of kind of roll with it when you have a podcast to do. And, like I said on last week's show, that I decided to start coming up with polls to work on to kind of decide what my next topic will be on Poor 360. Like I said, Poor 360 is a topic-based show. And it kind of came to me. I was watching the show on Netflix that was originally on Crackle, which was Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is a show that Jerry Seinfeld does where he takes comedians or other well-known people, puts them in a car, classic car, or car like a famous car, just some car that's not very common, then takes them to a coffee shop and they talk and sure, it's... Like a talk show, but it's in a car. So, I was watching... I think it was the episode... There was two episodes that kind of helped me think of this. Um, one was involving Pat Oswalt. And he was... Uh, I don't know where they were, but they... I think they were somewhere in Southern California. And they, he took them to this really crazy coffee shop that was super organic. They didn't allow sweeteners... It involved a very specific clientele, and yeah, it was very odd, you know, people were in the skinny jeans, the glasses, all that, and it got me to think, like, like they're talking about, like, oh, this is very hipstery, this is like the, oh, I'm just kind of flaking on the part of it, it's just like the very hipstery part of California that they were in, and then, it, and then I think one of the episodes I watched later involved them going to Portland, which is kind of the mecca of hipsters. It was like everything took a really long time. Everything was super fancy, like the pour over coffee, all that stuff. It's just not very common. It's very out there. I think hipsters is something I don't really know a ton about, other than like, oh, that's a hipster. Like, not knowing really their origins or what's going on there. And then my other thought was like, well, what is the other big thing that a lot of people love, a lot of people hate, a lot of people just kind of, some people make fun of, some people love? It's just, and that was podcasters. Like, I remember on Parks and Recreation, uh, uh, Cease Ansari said something we was talking about, so how, like, podcasts, there's a million of them, and they're all amazing. And then, like, on another podcast I listen to, which kind of brings this full circle, which is the Good Place, the podcast, which is the podcast that's produced by the people who make the TV show, The Good Place, which is a great show. They just had their season three finale. I encourage everyone to watch it. It's just great. Uh, it's... I think the most heart-wrenching comedy that's out there, not even a drama, it's just like, you get so invested in these characters that, but I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. It was a good show, but on their podcast, it's like uh, Ted Danson, who's a character on the show, kind of does one of the intros and says, podcasts are where people procrastinate, to that people listen to, to procrastinate from work or spending time with their family. So, it's always fun. There's definitely a podcast for everyone, and that's why everyone has a podcast. And me talking about podcasts while on podcasts is very meta and different. But it's is what it is. Like I said, I am Andrew Poor, if I haven't really gotten to that yet. 
you listen to Port 360, obviously. But yeah, so my what I pulled up the poll was hipsters versus podcasters. And surprisingly enough, a lot of the people who voted are either involved with podcasts or like podcasts. So hipsters became the, I think by that close, like the, I've only done two polls, but the highest margin, which was like 75 or 74 to 26%. So clearly wanted to hear about hipsters. I still did the poll on Twitter. Twitter doesn't seem to be taking off. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I'll keep fine-tuning it, trying new hashtags, trying to get that hashtag, another hipstery thing. But it got me to think, like, all right, so hipsters is the topic. So how is hipsters around? Like, I always thought hipsters was kind of an evolution of hippies, like, from the 60s. But it actually turns out it happened a lot further than that. But before I really get into, like, the history, I thought I'd kind of delve into some definitions. And I'm going to do the two most common places where people find it, uh, definitions. And that is going to the Merriam-Webster.com, uh, the Obviously, the most common Webster Dictionary, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and also Urban Dictionary. So I'm going to give you the kind of one definition and then another definition. So, obviously, Merriam-Webster's, which has been around since 1828, according to their website, their definition of hipster is a person who is unusually aware of and interested in new and unconventional patterns, as in jazz or fashion. And you know it's definitely an old dictionary because it mentioned jazz and fashion and now let's go to another fun place, Urban Dictionary, where you always do the little randomizer. It's kind of like um, like Wikipedia, you do the same kind of thing. Now this one is pretty fun, and this is the top definition. So, hipsters are people that try too hard to be different and generally do think that they're being different by rejecting anything they deem to be too popular. Ironically, so many other people are also try too hard to be different than they also wind up being the exact same. So hipsters aren't exactly different at all. They're just people that are snobbier and more annoying than about their taste and alternative things, which are all popular now thanks to other hipsters. Hipsters pride themselves on liking things that no one else likes, and normally only really like them being like them because they think no one else likes them and that they're being unique. This is being delusional because all the other hipsters all so like the same things. Uh, here's the thing. Hipster. I love Mumford and Sons because they're so different to popular music nowadays. A million other hipsters. I love Mumford & Sons because they're so different to popular music nowadays. Mumford & Sons consequently became a popular band because of their large hipster following of people who think they're being different for listening to them. No, this isn't a hate on Mumford & Sons, it's just an example. Um, and they put on hashtags. Hashtag hipster, hashtag douchebag, hashtag... It's just all the thing. Another, I think, more... profound, more explanatory definition, which is the number two, which is... Hipsters are a subculture of American consumer for whom the idea behind the marketing holds more value than the product being marketed. The attachment of certain words, phrases, or ideas to a product, counterculture, independent or indie, progressive, alternative or alt, organic, holistic, old school, where that product is music, fashion, technology, food, social media, real estate, is enough to connote to the hipster's authenticity and value, regardless of whether there is any innate value to be found. Ironically, the hipster perceives his self slash herself as the counterpoint to mass culture and conformity when, in fact, the ease with which hipster culture can be appropriated, repackaged, and marketed makes them the ultimate conformist. Example, tattoos were once a sign of rebellion and a badge of one's outsider status. Now, over 40% of all Americans under 50 have a tattoo, essentially making them all members of the same tribe. Oh, and I like how Deftus Do said Deftus 1 was clearly written by a hipster. So, yeah, that's kind of the 
fun things. And kind of gets to think, like, what is a hipster? Now, this is actually from Travels of Adam, which kind of sounds like a hipster site. So what is a hipster? The answer to the ubiquitous question asked of the millennial generation. Plus a travel manifesto, plus a travel manifesto for hipsters on why, where, and how we travel. This is the Travels of Adam website, travelsofadam.com. Shameless plug here. And the picture of the guy definitely looks like a hipster. Skinny jeans, weird long sleeve t-shirt, light fuzzing of facial hair, slicked over hair. He has a little bio on the site that you have to look at before you do anything, which is, I've worked as a bookseller, graphic designer, publisher, marketer, and writer, but it was a 15-month trip around the world which brought it all together into the blog. I lived in Berlin, Tel Aviv, London, Sydney, Boston, and Dallas. Since early 20s, I live in New York City at the center of the world. On this travel, you'll find my gay stories, nightlife trips, photos, and all two personal essays about the adventures around the world. Interesting. So, here's kind of what he says. So, what is a hipster? Everyone seems to want to know who, what, where is a hipster. They're trying to declare that there is no real definition for what a hipster is. The word is used loosely by just about every publication imaginable. Now, what is a hipster? You can be surprised. It could very well be you. A hipster is an individual, one that usually fits within a certain subculture, which subculture doesn't matter because the definition for hipster is so very vague. In the most simplest of terms, a hipster is an individual who wants to know things, whether it's knowing a band before anyone else, or knowing about the conflict in Syria, the history of taxidermy, or obscure words in the 20th century America. A hipster is someone that's eager to learn, to see, and yes, even to do. Being a hipster means you're a part of a subculture. As a demographic, hipsters try to set themselves apart from the culture as a whole while simultaneously remaining within the culture. There is nothing extraordinary for a subculture, yet there's a certain stigma applied to the hipster label. The term hipster has become used rather frequently to identify anyone that doesn't appear mainstream. So hipsters stand out from the crowd, even if they just fit into their stereotypical niche of standing out from the crowd. Personally, hipster is just about the only label I've ever felt comfortable with. It's subculture so vague that can cover all manners of sins, styles, and vices. So yeah, even he says he's a hipster. So what do what does a hipster look like? Hipsters wear skinny jeans and cargo pants, t-shirts and tank tops, trucker hats and no hats. They drink wine, beer, gin and tonics, old fashions, and Arnold Palmers. Many hipsters refuse to be recognized by the label or any label, and yet they'll wear branded clothes, and yet many won't. Are you starting to realize a trend here? Hipsters do no one thing, and other hipsters do another. Stereotypically, and really, what is any personified definition but a stereotype? Hipsters might look pretty basic. Want to dress like a hipster? You probably already do. Anyone can be a hipster. Hipsters wear just about any brand you can imagine, though reality you generally associate Salvation Army, Oxfam, Humana, and other thrift and vintage shops as the shopping destination of choice of hipsters. Hipster fashions could include any type of label, brand, from Urban Outfitters or something truly trendy and original. An indie designer, perhaps. So, uh, let's see what else you have here. Uh, I'm not really going to read his travel manifesto, but... Yeah, so that's kind of what he said was hipster. And there's actually even a WikiHow, which kind of anything you need to do, you can go to WikiHow. It's the kind of the jump off of Wikipedia where I've used it to try and figure out how to fix something, mess something around with my dishwasher. It's really a neat little tool. But even WikiHow has a thing about how to be a hipster. And what they say, the author info of the article says, hipsters are people who enjoy clothing, music, food, and activities considered outside of the social mainstream. If you're keen on pursuing the hipster lifestyle, which independent music labels, vintage clothes, and artisanal coffee feature prominently, the following suggestions will help you discover Myriad's way to embrace it fully. Now, hipster fashion. To dress like a hipster, fashion is as important as your taste in music. 
While shopping at vintage stores remains a staple for many hipsters, this is not a given, nor does it need to be a part of the hipster wardrobe. Avoid buying labeled gear from stores run by the label itself. So very not nice consumerism. Instead, look for independent retailers because supporting obscure retailers is totally deck, for example. Buy from local mixed fashion stores near you. Be sure to assess what you're wearing. Are you layering? Are you buying local? What's the color of style this season? Are you advertising something on your shirt that hipsters identify with? Wear skinny jeans, especially of bright colors or patterns. These can be for anyone of either of the two genders. Hipster men tend to be as skinny as the women. Note that male hipsters actually probably wear skinny jeans more than the girls. Girls prefer leggings. Alternatively for women, high-waisted pants, aka mom jeans, may also be worn. Wear glasses. Hipsters love ironic eyewear such as shutter shades, oversized plastic frame glasses, buddy holly glasses, and most commonly authentic Ray-Ban wayfarers in all the colors of the rainbow. Some hipsters wear glasses even though they have 20-20 vision. In this case, pop out the lenses and make sure they're just regular glass. Wear an ironic top. For tops, the following are good picks. Band shirts such as Pink Floyd, Metallica, Van Halen, etc. Plaid shirts, cowboy shirts, flannels, and anything in gingham, plaid, checkered patterns, paisley, vintage florals. Many hipsters sport tops with appliques, images of animals or forest, other images, characters from children's TV shows, an ironic phrase, or even book covers. Uh, fitted hoodies are perfect, too. Uh, dress vintage. Consider a vintage floral lace dress. Your granny's closet is definitely a good source, however you should know how to sew and restyle vintage clothing to fit you. Find suitable footwear. Hipsters' shoes often include cowboy boots, combat boots, vintage shoes, unusual shoes, and a range of flats. Converse are no longer hipster. They look great and you can wear them pretty much anywhere, but since everyone wears them, they aren't hipster. If it's trainers you're after, see classic Reebok. High heels should be kept be at least 5 inches. On Height and ankle booties are popular too. Cute sandals, keds, tennis slash sand shoes. Boots and granny boots are not only more practical, but also show how little effort you put forth, even if it took you ages to find the perfect pair. Accessorize. There's not a wide range of accessories, including large floral headbands, neon nail polish pins, bright belts, black nail polish, bird necklaces, pattern and colorful leggings, etc. Don't forget your plugs, piercings, and random scars, supposedly acquired through woodwork and other carpentry-like endeavors. Appropriately ironic accessories are mandatory, such as things kids would take to school, like an animal image on a lunchbox. Essentials include a courier brag, not a backpack, preferably something from Freetag that can fit your MacBook, iPhone, and vinyl LPs, never CDs, of your current favorite band. Uh, mismatch and layer. Layering or wearing things that don't match together is a very hipster. It's that I can't be bothered look that actually takes some planning until you get into good habit. Remember that a hipster's outfit never needs adjustment should you decide to go to the beach. Keep all of your urban accompaniments for the sand and surf to ironically stick out of your element. Do I have everybody's attention now? And there's a rumor that there's a former host of this show who's coming back. That's all I can say. There is some things in the works. Uh, a plan is being laid out, and we're going to see some crazy shit happen in the next few months with this show and this podcast. I'm really genuinely, genuinely excited right now. So we were at North End Pub, and, you know, watching NXT, but I was also watching the bands, you know, and it was one of those things that you kind of get lost in watching the bands, and I, there's actually an experience I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to get into that here in a second, but uh, it was cool because the first band played before NXT was on, and then the second band was an instrumental band, so there's no vocals. So I watched wrestling 
while listening to an instrumental band, right? And I watched NXT to this instrumental band's set, and it was fucking radical. It was crazy. Some of the things were timing up insanely perfect, okay? So the first match on NXT was Undisputed Era, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, which I think were Red Dragons right back in the day, versus in, uh, defending their NXT tag team titles against War Raiders, formerly known as War Machine, I'm pretty sure, Hanson and Rowe. Hanson and Rowe perform. Oh, oh, okay, I'm not going to read that yet. That's uh, that's just a spoiler, and I'm just uh, I'm making sure I got the match order right. So... My notes. Uh, so this match was heavy, fast-paced, action-packed, crazy, mad spots, back and forth, shocking near finishes, hype, 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 hype. They set the tone again for NXT. And let me tell you something. The Undisputed Era is one of those teams I'm super confused because I think they do better in NXT. I don't think it makes really any sense for them to be called up. Maybe they don't want to hear that. Maybe their fans don't want to hear me say that. But the fact of the matter is this. I feel like Undisputed Era, unless they grow their faction even more, uh, on the main roster, that is, like they need to go up as all four and immediately get a fifth, a big fifth. Like, fucking, you know, they show up and Daniel Bryan's like, these guys, they're the future and I'm part of that. Like, we're going. I'll be the mentor on top, you know. Man, Undisputed Era is bad. Oh, man, it, they, it, it would be crazy. It would be This had, of course, Daniel Bryan would have to lose the title. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's a little bit of a spoiler for the, the Royal Rumble itself. So let's get back to NXT. Let's not get on conjecture and craziness in the future here. So Hanson and Rowe actually nailed their fallout move on Kyle O'Reilly to win the NXT Tag Team titles in a shocker. I was not expecting this. Genuinely, I thought Undisputed Era was a lock to win this match. It only made sense to me. Uh, War Raiders, though, are deserving. I think they're going to serve as champs down there for a minute. I think that Undisputed Era has held the belts a couple times now. If they win a third time, yikes. Uh, they'll be like the... They, I think they'll have the record for the most NXT title reigns... Uh, for tag team and maybe any any outstanding title because I, I think even Sh like Shayna Baszler is a two times women's champs but I think there's only a couple two time champs on that roster I'm, I'm not 100% sure but uh, that was an awesome match and then the Matt Riddle Cassius Ono match happened and the band is still playing okay I don't, we don't want to forget that the you know, whatever the fuck they're playing. I don't, I'm not really... Whatever the fuck it was. They're playing. And they're doing the pre-match thing where... Uh, this is very important because this is something that, like, stuck in my brain. is like, what the fuck is happening? So I'm watching, and it made me, like, almost have a freak-out, like, out-of-body experience. Like, I was like, I, what? Is this really happening, or am I, like... Did somebody slip something in my drink and I'm all fucked up right now because I'm watching this, right? The band is playing. And the the they're doing the pre-match promo video package. And I can't hear the matches or anything. Can't hear them talking or any of the shit. I can just hear this band. And they're showing, I think it was Matt Riddle kicking Cassius Ono or vice versa. One of the two got a vicious kick to the dome. And they showed it from three different angles, okay? And, like, in succession. One angle, 
replay. Next angle from the same spot they showed the last replay. Different angle replay. So three different things. But dudes and dudettes, check it out. Bah, they hit a symbol. As soon as they hit a symbol, the kick happens. Bah, they hit a symbol when the next kick in the replay happens. Bah, they hit a symbol when the third one. And I mean, I'm just talking one fucking symbol. They weren't like hitting a million symbols. And it just like happened to sync up. It was very well timed. Like, you know, those, like in the, in that order, every time they hit that symbol, man, it was a kick in the in the video package. It was crazy timing yet again. So it was like a really cool fucking experience. I was like, wow, this is bitching in the kitchen, having a lot of fun watching this. So the Matt Riddle Cashizono match happened, and my buddy actually showed up unexpectedly to the North End Pub. Patrick Murray, shout out to you. And uh, we were chit chatting and bullshit, and I kind of missed the end of this match. Uh, upon reading and doing a little research, apparently Matt Riddle forced Cashizono to submit uh, while using uh, elbow strikes when he was in an arm trap, which is awesome. Matt Riddle picking up a big victory there on pay per view. Well, on quote unquote pay per view, that's pretty awesome for him. Up next could arguably be, I mean, man, it's hard to say, but I feel like these dudes maybe did steal the show because, come on now, they, they're both, they are both performers that when they go out there, their whole entire point is to steal the show. So it was Johnny Gargano v. Ricochet for the NXT North American Championship, and boy, did it fucking deliver. They were, again, just to... You're going to hear me say it, it kind of sounds like a broken record here, but just very much like that opening match. Here we are again, these two guys setting the pace. And I mean really setting the fucking pace for what the night was going to be. This was a blockbuster of a match. Johnny Gargano working with Ricochet was beautiful. I mean, they just they just had a flow and a chemistry and an ability to play off of each other and, you know, utilize crazy spots and, and creativity. And you don't, you don't, you know, NXT, man, they are really genuinely special. They really put work into being something bigger and better and more risk-taking than the main roster is the way I would say that. So Ricochet defending his title up against Johnny Gargano. And at some point, Gargano uh, had applied the Gargano escape and I mean, I thought for a second, I was like, oh, it's over. And then Ricochet escaped, and it was like, okay, they're back in the match. And then uh, Gargano performed a slingshot DDT on Ricochet for another near fall. Holy shit. And then Ricochet being a badass, and this is something that kind of a little bit happens throughout the weekend we'll talk about. Uh, Ricochet applied the Gargano escape on Johnny Gargano, but he escaped. So Gargano did escape the no Gargano escape. Uh, J- Johnny performed a brain buster onto an expo- onto the exposed concrete outside the ring. You know his heel thing where he rips the mat up, and and you know there there were some teases there. It looked like for a second he was going to do kind of like the Orton thing from the apron, but he pulled him down to the thing and then just did a, a brain buster onto the exposed concrete. Then hit uh, Ricochet with a second slingshot DDT, pinned him, and won the match. Johnny Gargano now our third ever North American NXT champion. Adam Cole, baby, Ricochet, and now Johnny Gargano. I love it. Love it. 
in the second-to-last match of the night, and this was another match that just proved yet again how strong and how much dedication NXT has to being a premier brand regardless of anything else. And what I mean by that is I feel like these NXT matches are not going to get worse when AEW officially becomes a thing. They're going to get better. And it's going to get even crazy. I mean, the whole entire landscape of wrestling shifted over the weekend. And we're going to be getting into that in a minute, too. And uh, part of that is coming up. So stick around. Right now, we're going to talk about Shayna Baszler defending her NXT Women's Championship against the undefeated Bianca Belair. Uh, this was action-packed, brutal, vicious, no-bullshit fight that ended when Bianca attempted to do her 450 splash. Baszler avoided the move and kind of like put like as as she avoided it, she threw her lock, like locked her into the Kirafuda clutch. Now here's an interesting thing to note: Bianca Belair does not tap out. She did not. You need to hear what I'm saying here. She didn't tap at all. She just went to sleep. So she never technically gave up she just passed out that's pretty badass i think it's something for them to build on moving forward in the uh in the future of this feud and this drink break here's a first ever drink break let's talk about it this drink break right now is brought to you by tomorrow's podcast podcast trophy you heard the bumper at the start of the show do you want to hear fucking podcast about anything and everything yeah like music oh my god and Matt, oh my God, and Tyler, yep, that's what's up, guys. Podcastrophies is shit. Check it out every Thursday here, or if you're like, man, you know what? I like the Journey to Comics Network a lot, but I really love those Podcastrophy dudes. Subscribe to their feed, podcastrophypod.podbean.com, or on iTunes. I think right now is what they're on iTunes. Just search Podcastrophy. Here's the drink break brought to you by Podcastrophy. Shout out to Dick Tyner. Here's the deal. It's winter, so if you hear me sniffling, fuck you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. That's exactly how I feel. So that match is over, and here we are. We've arrived at the main event. Our NXT champ, Tommaso Ciampa, defending against Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Uh, these two had a barn burner of a match. Definitely, again, up there for match of the night. So I want to also mention one thing. Johnny Gargano is a champ now. So here, let's get back into this match. I just want to say that again. That Johnny, Johnny, I want you to remember that Johnny Gargano is our North American champ while I'm talking about Tommaso Ciampa and him defending his NXT champ against Alistair Black. As Ciampa finally go, went to go for his like fairy tale ending, uh, Black kicked out, and it was bitch, and I was like, oh, shit. Then Black performed the Black Mass on Ciampa, but Ciampa performed an elevated DDT and a second fair, fairy tale ending on Alistar Black for another pen, near pinfall, which, again, Black miraculously kicking out of, and man, I popped. Ciampa performed two more, so that's a total of four fairy tale endings in this match, ultimately pinning Black to hold on to his title, and it was cool because as the show was closing, you had uh, Ciampa and Gargano on top of the, at, the, at the top of the stage with their titles. In a big yawn, apparently. 
I don't know why that's happening. That's weird. Maybe I'm tired. I've had a crazy day. I shoveled a fuck ton of snow. I had to get Veronica's mom's car out of the fucking drift because she got stuck. Had to deal with sub-zero temperatures and got to, had to get the truck started and all these crazy fucking things. Guys, we were all concerned. So then, as Ciampa and Gargano are nega-DIYing their way at the top there, uh, they nega-DIY, and that is cut short as Velveteen Dream and Ricochet come out. Alistar Black jumping up and getting up to the stage as well. And Adam Cole also jumping out. Uh, where Adam Cole, Rick, or it was Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa staring down Alistar Black, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream, and it was then later announced that they are actually having a match Sunday. So in a few days, they're having a match on television or the network or somewhere. I'm not sure where you guys can find it, but it's going to be called Halftime Heat. And Halftime Heat, uh, you know, I it's... Who knows what's going to happen there or what the what the fucking fallout from that's going to be or are they going to be doing it in an empty arena? Man, halftime heat, that's crazy. Last time that happened was Rock Mankind, I'm pretty sure. And and Mankind put the fucking forklift on the Rock's chest, I think, right? Or vice versa? No, yeah, the man, Mankind I think ret- retained that match. Uh So yeah, I I I thought overall NXT TakeOver Phoenix was really great. I do believe there are some people that are on the cusp of being called up, are pretty much called up, uh, are in danger of being called up, depending on how you're looking at this uh, whole entire thing. Because, you know, really Alistar Black is a dude that could go up to the main roster. Ricochet could technically go up to the main roster, although I've said it on this show fucking at least three times, maybe ten, who knows. Ricochet going up to the main roster is Ricochet going to 205 Live. And I need to just keep it real with you guys. He's not going to be a main roster dude, and if he does, he'll get lost in the shuffle. We're going to fuck the sodomites in the... I did a thing on Sunday. You did. And let me preface this with you texted me earlier today saying you have a surprise for me. And you said, I'm going to shit my pants. And I said, oh, he goes, or you go, you're probably going to throw up. (laughs) And I was like, did Tiffany have offspring? (laughs) No, no, it's not DEFCON 5. We're at DEFCON 3. You said, just wait. And I'm like, okay, this is... Interesting. I can't wait. I walked in your house, and you and Miranda were both, like, like legitimately afraid. Like a serial killer. Like, you had just invited a vampire into your home. I wouldn't... And then you realized the mistake that you'd made. I... Like, I wouldn't say afraid. You looked afraid. I was offended. <laughs> they were watching those Ted Bundy files. I, yeah. I want to start watch them, watching those. And they just saw that, and they are just like, dude, this is where it begins. This is when he starts. Yeah. I want to Ted start Bundy watching those. Ted Bundy copycat. Those. I've been watching you. Punisher speaking, instead. Speaking of Ted Bundy, there's, I have this meme that says, we all know who should be playing Ted Bundy. I saw that the other yep. You might have been the one that shared it. No, it was Caleb Bovbarger. It's Dennis from <laughs> Holy Sunday. Uh, David McMel- is it David? David McElhinney? I can't ever remember that Some, guy's name. McElhinney. 
I always just say the always sunny guy. Yeah, it's, it's Dennis, who is but, a fucking sociopath. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I shaved my face. My daughter was taking a bath, and uh, I, I went to the same bathroom, and I shaved my face, and I turned around to surprise her. Because, you know, you always see the videos, like, on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or whatever, where it's, like, children who have never seen their parents, their dad without facial hair, and then they're fucking terrified. That's what Sure. <laughs> Conga line get some here. Get some juicy nuggets. But, uh, I turned around, and I, I, you know, I called her name, and she looked at me and just said, oh, hi, daddy. Like, just wasn't phased by it at all. That's disappointing. Well, I mean, a little bit. It's kind of like my sister, my sister's cat, we tried to scare it with a cucumber. Didn't fucking care at all. Yeah, well, I tried that with uh, my in-law's cat, and it didn't do shit. Just didn't give it a just shit. just looked at this thing like, what the fuck are you doing? Why, why, why do you have this in my presence? Why'd you put this big-ass pickle on the floor? That's what the cat looked like. <laughs> what's, this, what's this large pickle doing here? Oh, man. But, uh... We started, we started the the kind of Matt's uh, couch time today by me asking him if he felt. How, how did I phrase it? Do you think you are more handsome? Am I more handsome now than I was before? And I replied with, "I think it depends on what your definition of handsome. For me personally, I like the beard, but I feel like that's just more you." Because you give off more of the rugged kind of vibe. You were kind of an outdoorsman. Yep. Whereas me, if I had a chin, I would be much better off to not have a beard. I'm like a... Because I give that pretty boy, pretty boy vibe. Yes. I mean, you are Dapper Dan himself. I am Dapper Dan, damn it. Um, I'm kind of like a... You're Dapper like, Dan because you're a Dapper Man. Thanks, man. Just picture this. The wilderness of Sweden. <laughs> Go on. I just picture mountain goats. <laughs> just a fucking mountain goat okay. with someone yodeling and you got that big ass horn. <laughs> Up in the the mountain ranges, the Swiss Alps. Yes. There's a nice log cabin. Yes. The camera pans in on this log cabin. It, it's just a picturesque view. Fucking mountain range in the background. Perfectly done cabin. I really hate that I have to keep staring at your face right now while you talk to me. Looks like I'm looks like a cabin about the size for a family of three, where it's all just one room, kitchen, bedroom, living room, dining room. It's all just one space. Child watches uh, terrifyingly in the corner. Mom and dad getting it on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. (laughs) Occasionally Sunday, even though it's the Lord's Day. Um, Tyler just looks at him and says, "Boy." <laughs> the Cameron, the camera, the Cameron, boy. the camera continues. Yeah, Cameron's the boy. The ca- yes, the camera continues to pan in, and the door creaks open, and the camera focuses in on a fat lumberjack. It's me. It's you. My wife, seven one, all testosterone. And some beaver tranquilizers. Yes. She's really the lumberjack. I just fill the role when I go into town. I was about to say, did you marry Paul Bunyan or something? Because who lets their women out of the house? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> so. The name's Charles. 
<laughs> Am I right? <laughs> can you please cosplay as Chaw during uh, LaffyCon? I really want to. I think you can. But have if I it grow, if I grow the beard back, which I'm doing, um, like the moment I shaved it all, like, so I I went through the stages that every man does when he goes to like excessively trim his beard, like. I shaved a lot of it off, and then I had, like, big, dumb, like, mutton chops with my beard. So I looked like uh, like a Fallout 3 character. And then, and then I started, like, tackling the goatee, and I made myself look like, uh, like a French revolutionary. And then I did the handlebars. Like, I, I just went through this full montage of, how would I look this way? The evolution of facial how, hair. How would I look this way? Oh God! I should never look that way. And then, <laughs> and then, at that point, I was where I'm at right now. So, so you've you've experimented with your beard. Oh, a I lot always do. The last twelve months, and I'm sure you got to this stage also where, like, because of your job, you have to look down excessively. And, like, when you get home, like, your stubble has, like, fucking eviscerated your neck. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking you about. You have no idea what I'm talking about? You apparently about. have a really weak neck. No, 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 no. It's just... Well, it's <laughs> really neck, weak neck skin. It's the neck skins. The skins. He needs lotions. I need lotions. <laughs> but, uh... Your skin's yeah, pathetic. My, my, well, my, or my stubble is just extremely sharp. I mean, I have razor blades on my neck. There's one of two things. Either he's a bitch or a real man. Yes. <laughs> well, there's no in-between. My, my facial hair is made from adamantium and shark skin. <laughs> Dragon scales. <laughs> it's really Daedric. It's, yes. It's, it's, it's Daedric stubble. Yes. Uh. So yeah, I'm I'm quickly uh, I'm quickly awating the time where my you chose. Sorry to interrupt, but you chose the fucking worst time to I shave your face. I was gonna say that, man. Like as the as the polar vortex descends okay. upon the Midwest. So I, I did I did this purposely because I'm a bigger fella. <coughs> as long as you've known me, I've compared or I've complained about being cold all the time. Your I head looks cold. tremendously smaller. What? Your head looks tremendously smaller. So, so it, it puts it in perspective now how small my head is. My head is not proportionate to the rest of my body at all. <laughs> Normally, it's the other way. You have people like Cameron who have, like, a slightly large frame, but they have an enormous fucking head. I'm a fat dude that's not very tall with a really small head. So. Yeah. I'm you like are. that. I'm like that character in Beetlejuice when he's sitting in the lobby <laughs> and he's looking around, and the guy turns and he's got the shrunken head. Bro, you're like the fucking Goombas yes. in the Super Mario Brothers yes. movie. Yeah, I look like a Goomba. Sorry to reference that. No, that's fine. Sorry to make you part of that reference. I liked the movie. Okay? I did too when I was like four. The only part that I didn't five. like was Koopa because Koopa was cool. Yeah, he Koopa and Yoshi. Yoshi was weird in that movie. He was a fucking velociraptor. He was a straight up dinosaur. Yes. Which was pretty cool. Which was like I think when when they did the the ninety seven or ninety eight Godzilla, like that's where they got their their um their, Yoshi. their inspiration. Their inspiration from, from Yoshi. Dude, I dig that Godzilla. I do too. He's I a think, sweet. Think, it's a sweet design. We all like it. Like it's, it's a it's, sweet design. It's fucking Godzilla. Uh, hardcoreists hate it. Hate it. Hate that movie at See, least. I'm they hate the Godzilla hardcoreist. The one that's coming out in May, I actually think looks pretty dumb. 
just because I think he looks like a he looks like an overweight T-Rex, man. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of what Godzilla was always supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know what? You know, okay. Jennifer, uh, I see you're over there watching us. Uh, please uh, leave some uh, beardless Tyler hate in the comments, please. I, I need you. I, I, have, I have not been without facial hair for a decade. It has been a decade since this. I face. go at least once a year. This 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 face has not been without at least thirty percent hair coverage in a decade. Once a year, I'll have I'll be clean shaven for about a month. I've only That's had it. I've only Sorry. had a I've only ever had a mustache for the last year because I was very anti mustache because I hated the way it felt. But now now like. Like, once it gets to a point, I just don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Once mine grows in thicker and I don't have this weird-ass patch, I'm going Ron Swans. That's totally okay. I'm very okay with that. Yeah. Especially with your dapper, dapper totally outfit. Totally fits. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's that's my plan with my facial hair. Normally, though, like Mike Blaine, I'll have about a month where I don't have facial hair. Let it air out because I get really dry skin under yes. it. Well, and that's that's what that's the argument that Blaine and I have pretty much made since since I've known him. Like he said, he does he does the facial hair purge about once a year, and got to burn the brush. People shit on him. Like, why would you do that? That's so dumb. Like, like a beard is this precious fucking commodity. Like, it just happens. Some people can grow it. Some people can't. If you can't, just accept that you can't. If you can grow one fucking overnight, like cool. Like, I don't understand why people fixate it on fixate on it so much. It's like yeah, the, it's like the the flannel wearing, slicked back haircut, skinny jeans with the like dress shoes slash like weird pointy toed boots. The lumbersexuals. The lumbersexual hipster people, like they elevated the status of having a beard. Yeah. As something god tier. Like, 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 no, it just happens because I have, like, your hair and your, all the I hair on your body, <laughs> all the hair on your body is dead. Like, other than what's inside the root, it's all dead matter. Yeah. You, you basically, you're basically a tree covered in dead leaves. I like to think it as, like, wearing my, wearing a trophy of corpses yeah like, that's that's totally okay but like that's all it's all dead hair the hair is dead so it's like it's really just trophies just hanging off but, my face but you put it very well when you said you got to burn the brush because what happens a lot of times like after a wildfire disaster the forest that overtakes the dead portion grows beautifully is like way better way more healthy you know on and on and on and everybody, I scared everybody at work, too, because they didn't expect this. And they all said the same thing that that people that I used to work with with you said to you, like, why would you fucking do that? I've got to give the skin some air. Yeah, like... It needs some fucking air. Once a year, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start by doing some funky stuff with it. I'll do the mutton, the mutton stash, mm -hmm. the friendly chops, if you will, the admiral, as I like to call it. Uh, I'll do that for about a month. Maybe do a mustache for a week, some form of mustache, and then I'll just get get rid of it all. And it's it the whole purpose is to shave it off for a little bit, get like and then regrow it. Mm -hmm. So it's all even, and then I can shape it from there. Yeah, but what I was saying was is 
I, I was highlighting how much I hate the cold, especially going into this polar vortex. Negative 50. We're going to hit negative 50 tomorrow. With wind chill, Yesterday yeah. for, well, this is, okay. Anyone that thinks that wind chill does not affect inanimate objects is an idiot. Because it does. Oh, yeah. It 100% does. Wind chill affects everything the same as actual temperature does. So negative 50 wind chill is identical to negative 50 below zero. I told that to my wife. I was like, when they say negative 50, like negative 40, negative 50 wind chill, to me that just says it's negative 50. It is negative 50. Not this whole, oh, well, the real feel. No, it's negative 50 degrees. Yes. The air that is contacting your skin is Uh. negative 50. Chemically, industrial strength hydrochloric acid freezes in a range of negative 40 on. I froze a hydrochloric acid rail car solid in 2014. How did that happen? It had to be at least negative 40. The actual temperature was not negative 40. Had to be there. Otherwise, it cannot freeze chemically. So anyway, um, knowing this polar vortex was approaching, over the last few weeks, as it's progressively gotten colder, I've been trying to uh, toughen up and acclimate to the cold winter temperatures. So I've been going outside in long sleeve shirts when people have coats and coveralls and shit on. Yeah. And just tanking it. Just taking it. Just being miserable. <laughs> just being miserable, like like trying to fucking strengthen my body to the cold. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. said 15 years of your life out of your 27 almost well as of today if we're time traveling in the future it's your 28th birthday happy birthday thank you very much weird how that's gonna work i know but uh 15 years of your life is a big chunk that's like i mean you were the first third like it it seems like the first 13 years of your life you could say or 15 years of your life you were an actor in the last 13 you weren't yeah um is that accurate, like from baby on, or what's the time frame? We're, we're looking at maybe four or five years old okay. till, yeah, almost 20. And I <laughs> I remember, I hate to say I remember it like it was yesterday, but it's one of the few memories as a child that just forever stuck with me. I, I, I just recall doing, doing commercials. I entered a contest, a radio contest with my mother, and they were looking for little kids. And and the crazy thing about doing commercials when you're a kid, you do the only thing that you really have to do is be cute. Like you're 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 four and five. They don't expect you to know lines. They, they just want you to be you silly to, and have fun. They don't expect you to have stage direction. It's just are you cute? Okay, can, fair you point. Know, can you make us laugh just by being you? And I had all the personality in the world. So at four and five years old, I remember my one of my first big commercials with was uh with blue cross and blue shield dude it's i it, it sticks out in my memory i remember when it fucking debuted that's how weird this is to me like i was living my life as like a i was probably shit that was uh let me do my math here you're five years old at that time so that was 23 years ago which made me like six seven i remember 
<laughs> you're, you, I remember that first. Um, well, you know the time frame better. Please tell me. It, Sorry, it, it was back. It, I would say if I was born in '91, then yeah, probably '95, '96. Yeah, oh. that sounds about right. And it, it was funny because in the commercial it was Blue Cross, it was insurance, and the director whom I was speaking to, because that's the only way you can get a kid to focus is if you're in the room with someone else and they had a secret camera behind the director's shoulder pointing directly at me. Oh man. So he's just, Hey, do you, uh, do you like movies? And as a kid, he's like, yeah, I love movies. What kind of movies do you like? And I said, like, well, I like karate movies. Well, what's, what's your favorite movie? And at the time I wasn't aware that what I was referencing was enter the dragon, I believe. Oh man. And I didn't know who, you know, Bruce Lee was. I didn't understand Jackie Chan, Jet Li. I didn't know those guys. I only just know the what the, the, psh, the psh, just the violence. Correct. And I loved it. And I, I was recalling a scene, and it was crazy when as I was recalling it because I gave like little to no detail. It was the guy did the and the and then the other guy did the uh, the, uh, the uh, and then he kicked him in the penis. And that specific line, <laughs> kicked him in the penis, got recorded. And they decided to air it. And it a, there's no line that you would give a, a five you or six-year-old. You don't tell him to say that, correct. To, you're going to say kicked in the penis on national television. And like it, it just it turned out that way. It was funny. It was cute. And everybody loved it. And that kind of just shot me, shot me off to the moon. Next thing you know, I'm downtown Chicago every week doing commercials. Missing out on school every week to do some kind of, you know, radio show, some magazine article. Damn, so you actually, from the Blue Cross Blue Shield commercial, which I love the insight to how they shot that, it, it totally makes sense. But, like, from that moment, you catapult a lot of the other kids because you've now had something that is airtime. And back then, late 90s-ish, it was viral. Is I guess the way oh, to definitely. say it. Everybody was definitely. talking about the commercial. You see it on the TV. You laugh. You pause. If you had the thing like TiVo or whatever, you back it the fuck up just to have a second laugh because it's it was gold. It was it was absolutely hysterical. So you jumping forward and catapulting everybody else and getting that busy. How did that affect you at that age? I mean, essentially taking on a job as a as a five year old. Well, you know, my mom. I, I love to say that she kept me grounded, but as opposed to making it so that I was grounded, she made it like it was fun. Okay. At at that age, dude, I had no concept of money. You know, the, the concept of work completely eluded me. It was just, all right, you're going to go into this room and you're just going to do whatever they say and you're going to have fun with it. And then all, and the main thing she told me is anytime I was done with a set was to always thank them, you know, for giving me the time, for giving me the opportunity. And again, as a kid, the concept of that doesn't really you know, makes sense to me, but she was just instilling uh, a semblance of discipline and just respect and appreciation for the opportunity, which again, didn't really make much sense to me at the time. Like, yeah, I had a job at six and I was making fairly good money, but none of it may meant anything to me. My mother is the one who, who ran all of that. And she just saved my money and said, Oh, we've got a, a McDonald's gig. Do you want it? Yes or no. She never forced it on me. I, I knew I knew plenty of kids that grew up doing the same thing I did, except their parents were, you're going to go do this. You're going to go do that. My mom always gave me the choice. Man, actually, that's a really interesting way to look at it. Because I feel like to talk about that experience and you have the great insight of being a child actor, I feel like a lot of child actors get fucked up from doing it. Yeah. And I feel like you just said the reason. Because your parent stops really being your parent. They become a manager. They're 
as you said, not in your experience, but in others, they're demanding, you're going to go to this set, you're going to do this, we need the money, we need this to be a thing. They make it perilous for the kid. That's a stress you don't want to put on a little kid. You were having fun. It was a different experience. It yeah. was like going to Chuck E. Cheese or something. Yeah. I, I, I totally had a ball doing it. The only uh, thing I'd say I missed is I, I didn't get to spend as much time with my father as I wanted to, but... And, and I guess we could talk about that at some point, but I didn't get to spend as much time with him because I was always on the road. I didn't get to do as many school projects, uh, school trips, picture days, stuff like that. I missed a lot of picture days. Oh, man. Because I was always on the road. I was in New York. I was in California. I was in Florida. It's just constantly, constantly, constantly on the road going to do different commercials because they, at some point or another, a producer heard about me. Whether it be from that commercial or another one, they heard that I had good energy. And that, you know, I was a fun kid to be around. I wasn't a diva. Easy I, to direct. <laughs> yeah. Right. I remember I, I worked with a bunch of kids. And, you know, in, in that field of work, they want to keep everybody happy mm-hmm. because they want you to keep that same good, positive energy while you're on set. I was a little kid. I didn't really want anything. It was just, OK, so what can we get you? McDonald's. Like, that's it. Yeah. OK, well, we're going to go get you some McDonald's. Do you want a video game? No, I'm OK. Do you want some candy? No, I'm OK. Just want that I, McDonald's. I, didn't, I just wanted some McDonald's. I, yeah. was, I was a fat little kid. All I wanted, as long as I had some food. I love McDonald's, <laughs> I was, dude. I was good, dude. I didn't need, I didn't need much. And even as I got older, I never, I never needed much. Hmm. Well, okay. So, so there's like, there's like 50 sub questions from, from what we're going with. Sure. Okay. So we're going to go back to it. You do the blue cross thing. What's the next like thing you did that's at least for your perspective and maybe not as a quote as much a viral thing what's the next memorable thing in your evolution as a as a child actor that sticks with you i mean you mentioned your mom saying something like we got offered a mcdonald's uh commercial do you want it did you actually do a mcdonald's commercial did you take a, a mcdonald's thing yeah I, I did mcdonald's you know pillsbury the doughboy i met the voiceover actor for him what his sign i have it i still have it to this day uh a Pillsbury, Pillsbury Doughboy figurine, and he signed the butt of it. And my mom threw it in a Ziploc bag, and it's been sitting in my closet for like 20 years. And she said, just hold on to it. No shit. Yeah, and I, as far as, you know, memorable, that commercial probably sticks with me. The Pillsbury Doughboy commercial sticks with me more than anything, because as a kid, uh, breakfast time came. Biscuits were always my favorite. Always. I love biscuits. I still love biscuits. Yeah. But in that particular commercial, the scene was simple. There were four of us, you know, Husband, wife, daughter, myself, and we're just sitting there having a grand old uh, breakfast time, you know, just family time. Yeah. And the commercials are never done in in one take. Never. And my own, I didn't even have lines. My my job was to take a bite of the <laughs> take a bite of the biscuit, stare in the camera, smile, and kind of go, mm, you know, like just a, a, like take a sign it in. of satisfaction. And we did that take over two hundred times. So it was take a bite, look at the camera, smile, cut, take a bite, look at the camera. Are you swallowing every time? (laughs) Yes. So you took 200 (laughs) bites of biscuit? And oh, oh man, I I was so sick of biscuits after that. <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, I have to know. Were they letting you put jelly or anything on them, or it was no, just straight? Oh fuck, no. the dry ass biscuit. Could you take a drink of anything? Yeah. After, okay. Well, after that's good. so many takes, they gave us a break. But man, it. <laughs> And and that that'll always stick with me because even when I go grocery shopping now and I buy a pack of biscuits, I look at it and I usually think about that commercial. And you're like, damn it, do I really want these biscuits bad <laughs> enough? 
I have a, I have a funny biscuit story. We'll talk about that off air. It's been told many a time on the network, and it's no place for here. I promise. But <laughs> okay. uh, did you in that commercial, the Pillsbury commercial? Did you have to do the X? push the butt the belly thing or did you was he in the scene at all with you guys was there any like little green statue they put around to if signify me- I was gonna him? Say, if memory serves they had him kind of cgi'd in after the fact uh but i didn't visibly see you know see the little pillsbury doughboy and i met the guy after the fact but again being a little kid i didn't understand the significance of it i just know he i saw this fat guy and he walked up to me and he said hey you know you did a really good you did a really good job and i said oh thanks and then he said ho and i looked at him and said, what the fuck <laughs> you're like no is so that wait, you i looked at him looked at my mom i said what just happened here and then it made sense like oh you're him you're a lot bigger than i thought you'd be and then he signed, then he signed it and I, I i could show it to you anytime Man. i've got it in the ziploc bags just sitting in the closet that's that's awesome. That is something I would love to at some point uh, check out. So you do the Pillsbury thing. You also said you did magazines and stuff. Was Were those more like interview type things or were they just like the picture ads? I, I did. I did ads. Mm-hmm. I did one interview and then I did like a news interview. Okay. Like someone Somehow someone found me roughly 10, no, not 10 years. Yeah, I was about 16, 17 when I was really considering retiring. Okay. I remember I was a sophomore in high school and they found me on the news. They played the commercial and my mom saw the commercial and she called them and said, oh, that's my son. They had to have me on on like a, a minute interview. On. Now, that's a, that'll be another thing that I'll show you. Okay, okay. And they, they had me on, they had me on and they were just asking me questions about the commercial. And it was just funny because I had already resolved that I was done with commercials. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. You pulled me back in. And we started, we just started talking about it much like in the way we're talking about it now. Yeah. And it kind of made me fall in love with it all over again. I, I enjoy, you know, being on camera. I enjoy sharing a story, whether it be my own or a story someone else wrote for me. It's I don't know. It's kind of hard to put into words, but I, I enjoyed it. And next thing you know, I started doing stand up and I started really delving into karaoke. I real I had decided I wasn't going to do commercials anymore, but inter- I wasn't done with entertainment. Oh, I love that. I, mean, I love how you said that. So the entertainment side, you know, this is an interesting thing. You said your mom kind of like was not forceful about putting you into acting gigs and stuff. So was it your constant jubilance around the house and entertaining all the time in other scenarios that made her take the the gamble. I mean, that is a, a scary world to put a kid in. And and you're like a shining example of how it can turn out good, obviously. And then there's like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> you know, I mean, no offense, Macaulay Culkin, but let's be real. Uh, so when you were lit, like, I, I guess this would be more from a, a perspective of her having re- recalled her memories of you as a little little kid, but... Were you just like always over the top entertaining and always trying to be the center of everyone's attention when you were at any function? I was just always overly, overly animated with everything that I did. And it was never about intentionally being the center of attention. I just always had a shit ton of energy and I always enjoyed just having fun with everything that I did. Uh, And that stretched from acting to being at family functions to being just in class. As long as I was, having a good time, nothing else mattered. My my mother always uh, kind of stayed on my case about toning it down, but obviously when the cameras were rolling, go nuts, you know. 
turn it up cheap. to fucking 15 man man, man. I, I remember anytime we would go to a commercial because i always lived in the suburbs i always lived either in the south suburbs or i was in indiana but all of the commercial work was downtown chicago that's while close isn't close still so, going in a car for 40 minutes let's yeah, be real so i would be in the car and as a little kid after a while car ride i fall asleep and yeah i need my energy i would need the sleep but then we'd pull up in front of the in front of the studio and my mom would see i was still asleep she starts shaking me so wake up here take a peppermint here you know take take a little bit of this sugar or something just to kind of you know wake Pep me your up step. yeah you know, we're gonna go to the bathroom here we're gonna splash some water in your face how do you feel so oh i feel good mom let's go uh she she knew she knew her son and she knew she knew how i was even even now when i'm out I'm still pretty high energy and I enjoy doing what I do and I enjoy entertaining people. It's just now once I get home, I can flip that switch. <laughs> You're like, oh, thank God I can turn it off. Yeah. Like, I, That's funny that you mentioned that. We were talking about that. We did an interview a couple weeks ago with uh, Brian K. Morris and uh, he's an author. And uh, we were talking about being on in public. And I think that's a very, it's a very hard thing for people who don't entertain to know what being on in public means, you know, when you're out and about, you are, you kind of have to be yourself plus like 10%. Yeah. Just give it that little extra just to, to really shine. And and then when you go home, you're just <sighs> like, fuck it. I take, I, I don't even wear a bra, but like you take your, you take your fucking bra or whatever, you know, you like crash on the couch, call it a day. It's time for brews with dudes. Ah, juicy. All right, so this is from Second Shift Brewing. Uh, it's in St. Louis, Missouri. It's called Little Big Hop. Uh, it's double dry hopped, New England style session IPA. We like drinking, but big beers can be overwhelming. We made Little Big Hop to provide a punch of hop aroma and flavor without killing your taste buds. This version of our Hazy Session IPA is double dry hopped edition featuring twice as much Columbus, Simcoe, and Cascade hops. This beer is stupid good. Stupid good, huh? So, Shit, was there a comma in there? No, it's, uh, Maybe uh, go on. <laughs> good, that was good. That was good. Thank you nope, for that. That's all I have. <laughs> Been there. We, all we I got. appreciate you. Anything else? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I said my piece. It wasn't much. I know. <laughs> this smells amazing. It smells real good. Thank you. Oh, All right. Ooh, yeah, boys. Lord. Oh, boy. I, I'm going to put my nose in it. couple ye boys around here. They're getting excited. <laughs> yee, 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 Let's not waste no more time. Let's boy, dive on in. Clinkity. Clink. To those that are here. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I love that pinky Ooh. up, Dick. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it was the horns up. Wow, I only caught the pinky because the other finger was in your face. He's poking his eye, man. He had an itch. <laughs> that is too, crisp so. as fuck. That is it's pretty crisp. Not as crisp as but McDonald's Sprite, no. Oh, oh my God. Damn, dog. I was going to not, do that. not as crispy as 10 on a crispy scale. What are you talking about? <laughs> All crispiness is compared to a McDonald's Sprite. Well, it's not the crispiest thing in the world. No, of course it's not the crispiest thing in the world. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get a it fresh CO2 though. in syrup tank switch on my crispy-ass Sprite from McDonald's. Fucking God. 
I'm getting an itch for Christmas <laughs> right now. Oh, it's so good. I know where I'm stopping on the way home. Dude, and the tropical now. They got tropical. I know. Crispy Sprite. Crispy tropical Sprite. It's troublesome. You know what I <laughs> troublesome. did? Troublesome. <laughs> you, you know what I did? I snagged a pineapple fago on my way out of Walmart yesterday. What is it? Dude, you animal. Those Whoa. are great. Sounds amazing. It's just so good. So great. And when they pick up that crispy sprite and put a drink it down a bit and put half that pineapple fago in it. So I have this. Better not be giving me any jiv right now. Dude, I'm coming over. <laughs> I don't want to get the jiv. The, the K? K? Juggalo immunovirus. You start to. It's not full blown jades. It's a little bit. <laughs> Everyone has jades. I was just thinking about rent (laughs) earlier. Somebody uh, was talking like musicals and all kinds of stuff to me. They were like, oh, do you like musicals? And like, uh, not bad. It's like the favorite thing. Theater stuff, like Broadway musicals. They're like, oh, yeah, I like some of them. They're like, oh, yeah, what's your favorite one? I'm like, rent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can't see you you in it. They're like, what do you like? That? Hazy like, it's boy. Actually, a good story. A boy. Yeah. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. It's all emotional and heartstrings pulling, and just really gets those tears going because everybody has AIDS and they die. It's rough, man. <laughs> it's rough. Ugh, man, everyone has AIDS. Everyone. And some, some of us have the herpes. I actually saw it. Have the herpes. The I herpes. saw a rendition herpes. of it over at the <laughs> Purdue Amphitheater when they were doing a, they were doing a. Broadway covers and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was it was actually they did a really awesome job of it. And at the end, like all the actors are crying because it's all like because it's a super like emotional, AIDS. like very just driving show. AIDS does that. Yeah. But if you have <laughs> not you seen cry. Rent, I'd AIDS brings out a lot. Checking someone. it out a little bit because it actually <laughs> is a really good show. <laughs> I'll have to check it out on your. Yep. Too far. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> I'm not funny. <laughs> I gotta remember that. We we never go far enough. <laughs> this is this is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh like I said, it's not my favorite like but it's been nice to taste, you know. Better uh, than AIDS. Definitely yeah, definitely better than AIDS. Better than AIDS. Uh Name of the, the, the aroma the aroma is just fantastic. That smell great. It's got a wonderful color. Oh, uh, with mm-hmm. this session we have uh discussed AIDS. <laughs> yes. Not that this beer in particular in any way really makes me think of AIDS. <laughs> I don't I don't know why it would. This I don't know, I don't know what's going Actually, on. Actually the first thing I thought of when it, uh, what's this called? The little little big, big hop. Little big hop. It actually made me think of the band Little Big from Russia. <laughs> mm. I don't know what that is. If you want to see something really fucking weird and off and actually kinda catchy. Check out Little Big on YouTube. Hashtag Little Big. Um, <laughs> Next. Yep. Someone go give us a quick rinse. I'm thinking we're gonna jump into the uh, the to the yard double vanilla India Pale Ale with lactose and vanilla. Mm. Is that a double vanilla? It says right there. Double vanilla. Yeah. Oh my lord. Six point eight percent. Double vanilla. I like my vanilla. Double down on it. Sounds a lot better. They used Golden Promise oats and acidulated malts, and they use Citra and Mosaic hops. Sounds like it's going to be a sweet treat. I have high hopes for this one. I've got high hopes. I've got 
high hopes. I've got hot apple pie in the sky hopes. Thank you to everyone that's joining us on Facebook Live. <laughs> We've got Bobby Ackerman, Mr. Strasma himself. Dolly, good to see you. I've seen a goofy course, movie Miranda. in so long. <laughs> and, but, and the only thing I can find on like Netflix is extremely goofy movie. Which is pretty good. Which is the second yeah. one. I, but, I, but I want to watch the it's first It's just too extreme for me. The first one is just like solid. Yeah. So good. I'm still waiting for that CD to drop. Powerline? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'd listen to Powerline. Who wouldn't? Ooh. Probably a hater. Probably, probably a hater wouldn't listen to Powerline. I'm like a hater, bro. Haters gotta hate. Yeah. It's what they do, obviously. I mean, they're just doing their job. You know what? It's not a very cool job. It's not. Just hate. Someone's gotta do it. Yeah. This looks delicious as well. It's got a nice, thick, creamy eye, eye candy to it. Ooh. Yeah. It smells like vanillas as well. Yep, sure does. Mm. All right. Mm. Round two. Here we go. Cheers, friends. Blink. Tap. Wow. Yep, that tastes like a vanilla milkshake beer. That's uh. Ooh, yeah. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Yep. That's like hit you in the face. That, that tastes like finally getting to McDonald's and their shake machine works. And you get that <laughs> shake. This is like oh my goodness. This is like the exact opposite of having AIDS. Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. On a scale from one to AIDS, this, this, is, this is not on it. It's not there. Zero. This is magic. <laughs> no, on the scale one to AIDS, this is Magic Johnson. It's not there anymore. <laughs> he never had AIDS. What? Yep, he yeah. clearly doesn't have HIV anymore either. You know why? Because he's fucking magic. Because he's got some money. <laughs> oh yeah, the South cure Park of it is it. money. The cure of it is money. And then Isis is here, looking her face. Yep, looking cute as fuck. She is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just all staring at this cute. Yeah, sorry. Here. sorry, sorry to everyone who's uh, listening. Enough. We got distracted by the cute pupper. A moment of silence for Isis. She's a cute pupper. pupper. Uh, she's coming up on four years old this year, but she is Damn. still a puppy. Ron Halsema, welcome to the fracas. Ron made some badass plaques for the Dude, yeah, those were second super cool. Award. Yeah, those plaques are fucking yeah. Tight. Yes, yes, tight? yes, they are dope. Look at I have the pleasure to have one at my house, wow. and I'm super honored about how that. Did you, how did you come across one? Uh, my, I would usually call my band Terrible, but we're award-winning now. My award-winning <laughs> punk band. You're a terribly award-winning <laughs> band. Pretty much. We won uh, Favorite Lafayette Band, which is super awesome. That I think awesome. everyone that voted is super cool. Pretty sure I voted for you. Oh. I know Pretty I sure. for you. Oh. Twice. Because oh. it let me go in and vote twice. So Shh, don't tell people. Letting me know that there was <laughs> cheating going on. Collusion. Collusion. Hey. I bet there's a Russian somewhere. <laughs> I swear, I've been breaking the law all over the place. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm digging the hell out of this. Yeah. yeah there's no yeah. better way to describe it other than just fucking vanilla milkshake. It's Super smooth. 
It's, it's super smooth. There's a lot of vanilla. So oh, like vanilla. There is not enough vanilla, but it's still like satisfactorily. Yeah. No, it's 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 really good. And these are I, I haven't had any beers from any of these places. I don't think. Which one is this? Uh, narrow gauge. So haven't had any narrow gauge. Haven't had any second shift. Um, I met somebody on a beer trading page. And he was trying to get 450 stuff, so I bought a bunch of stuff for him. And he's like, I'll go around here and find a bunch of beers that you couldn't get. So this was the uh, first of hopefully many beer trading experiences with Mr. Rustin Smith. Appreciate you, sir. Uh, He's got a bunch of real tasty shit going in from uh, 450. I think that was uh, Phoenix Tears, Peanut Butter Pieces. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, he's in. I still got a full four-pack of the Phoenix Tears. Dude, that shit is beefy. I just had one last night, and man, it aged really well. Yeah, like, I'm, you can yeah. taste like all the hints of all the different hops and stuff. Ooh, I'm waiting to bust one out on podcast or fee. I don't, I don't mm. know if podcast. I might do it next week because next week's uh, episode seventy five. Seventy five. That's a big number. That's damn. And we're unveiling something. That, that's new. the kind you put a banner Ooh. around. Might be unveiling a couple of new things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, there, mm. Nick. I'm excited for. Um, oh, I get it. For the new the new thing we got coming. I've already talked about it. It's, right. not, it's not something that I've written down. See, that's the thing. Like, If you want this inside info, you got to listen to the yeah, podcast. exactly. So we talked about it on the dungeon one. That's what we did. Oh, yeah. Happy fun. Yeah, nice. Happy fun metal. What was it? <laughs> Happy fun metal time. Happy fun With metal Nick and time. Dick. With Nick and Dick. Which we're just going to repurpose. We already have a Nick and Dick page. We're just going to repurpose it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Even better. Pretty excited. Yeah, there's all sorts of fun stuff. Down the I'm pipe. Excited. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I wanted to savor it, but... That is so good. I also realized that I was talking into a turned-off mic. Way to go, Dick. That's awesome. Way to go. I like your hoodie, though. I like it, too. I like my hoodie. I like your hoodie. hoodie. Equally. Good hoodies. It's very comfy. Makes me pretty toasty. It's soft. When I when I first put mine on, it was having the opposite effect. Yeah. It had been out in his car. It was a coldie, and it felt great. I was like, oh, I feel like what I say. I feel like I'm being hugged by the Lich King. <laughs> the Lich King. It was so good. I'm still I'm still uh, yearning for that sweet release, dude. It was a cold embrace. It felt great. Then it warmed up, and I got sweaty, and I had to take it off. <laughs> got all sweaty. It was nasty. Mm, Need to apply ass, some deodorant to my underarms. But I haven't yet. No, mine, uh, mine's not in Creed's truck for like a day out in that cold before I was able to get it from him. I'm glad people enjoy them. I'm really enjoying this. I think we're all about to really be enjoying this. Ooh, oh, oh lord. Cool color. Oh, that looks like baby. Uh Oh my goodness, someone just got loaded up. I was loaded. <laughs> Fucking loaded. Loaded. Got some sour boys. All right. So someone got You stop looking my elbow Isis. <laughs> You're right. Stop it. Stop it. I'll go ahead and volunteer and not big boy. I'll take this one. Uh, nice. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm not gonna pronounce this right. Vignadur, dear, Vignadur. 
Oh, yeah, definitely saying it wrong now. It's definitely right. a sour boy. Let's see how, uh, Ooh, yeah. how terribly I can butcher this. It's going to be let me, sour. Let me say it first. Boah. Like, okay, you go. What do you think? Boah. Boah. The gene. Vin. Vin. I don't know. We're bad at it's this. It's uh, more like Vin Dur. Vignadur. 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 I think the. He is silent on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's now definitely... I feel like I'm in Skyrim. Vigny Doer. Vigny Doer. Right. I feel like by now someone has to be, at least have an idea of what the letters are. V-I-G-N-E-D-U-R-E. It is a sour India pale ale aged on old vine Cabernet Sauvignon grape must. So it's a, it's a lot of fancy it's, words in It this sounds beer. like it's going to taste like an IPA made like wine. Yep. Sure does. This is also narrow gauge. Mm. All right. Cheers Try it, boys. And honor. Join us in a new podcasting adventure. We will journey far and wide to worlds, planets, territories, dungeons. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And this is Dungeons with Dudes. And today, uh, we are diving into Beer Run. Um, the gist of the game is your friend Mike is having a party, but he's a sting and he doesn't want to pay for the booze, so he sends all his friends King up. Mike. To go gather everything. So the uh, point of the game, Brett, if you'd like to reveal the board. Boom. So the goal of the game is you're going to start here at Mike's house, and you're going to move your way through to get some wine, some beer, and some whiskey. You have to get the stuff, go back to Mike's house. When you get somewhere, you flip it over, and it fits in nicely. It's really cool. Um, and there's there's only a couple different things. It's a pretty easy game, um, so we're not going to dive too much into the details. We'll just uh, be very vocal about where we land and uh, what it means when we land on those spots. That sound good? Do you think there's anything else we need to tell them, really? No, not really. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, there's lots of options for drinking, um, like a drinking game. So there's the colored tiles here. So if you have the piece that is the color that's landed on, you have to take a drink. Um, there's a community cup that we're getting ready to fill with uh, the Three Floyds Pig Destroyer collab. Um, what do we got here? It is a lactose IPA. So uh, we're going to fill our cups real quick, and then we're going to get moving on Beer Run on Dungeons with Dudes. This is so beer exciting. Run. I'm excited. Woo. It's very exciting to be here. You know, It's always fun doing the podcasting. and I'm glad to have you. Glad to have you. I'm glad you're here, Dave. Oh, thanks. Oh, shucks. I'm the purple, just so we know. Maybe get all sentimental. I'm green. Brett's green. I'm trying Cam- to ca- I'm trying to red. camouflage within the board. Maybe I'll just sneak through. That makes you Nick. You won't blue. notice. Thank yes, you. I am. Oh, Mr. I didn't get a cup. Oh, I think there's a cup in the kitchen. I will grab you a cup. Thank you. So, how are you, fine dudes? Great. Very Ready well. to play this game? Dude, I'm ex- yeah, I am too. Been a long time, so I spent some quality time with Dave. Aww. Quality Dave time. It's it's okay time. I love I, do a lot I of love Dave, Dave time. time. It's, it's, it's all okay right. Time. It's all right. Thank you, uh, Dave and I, I. If I'm not mistaken, I guess I guess we probably met when you worked down at the vault. But it was the music that got us to be real good friends. And then the moment that I, we found out that one another were big gamers, it was like. Oh, we're best friends. Oh, best friends. We're best friends now. I I remember the conversation standing in the kitchen one drunken night. Like, we want to try and play D&D. And you're like, I want to run your campaign. We were so fucking happy. And it blossomed to what we are right now. And the rest is history. Yep. I'm glad that we have found what seems like a legitimate excuse to drink beer and play games. 
Yeah, I have no, a podcast. Right? That doesn't give you an excuse, Nick. Yes, it does. It makes it cool. Like people, right. when I tell people about it, it's like, oh, that's really cool of you to be drinking and playing board games and yeah. doing this with your friends. If I just tell someone, yeah, to sit at home all the time and play games and drink, they're like, you have a problem, right? I don't. What is recording? What about it's not a, a problem. I think I do. Um, looks like if we tried, we could move that bottle up there in the corner and get it, uh, so people could see it a little better. Ooh. Um, I believe the rules say that, uh, whoever is the youngest gets to go first. So, that would be me. Zach. Um, we got the, the die here. The only thing you really need to know is if you get a D, that means you have to drink. So, um, yeah, I think we're ready to dive on in. Go ahead and roll them dice. Is our first time playing. Start off. Beer run. <laughs> I rolled a six. So I'll move one, two, three, four, five, six. And I land on a space with a purple and white. I am purple, so therefore I have to drink. Glug, glug, glug. I'm actually going to drink, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not for real, though. All right. That is now Nick's turn. I got four. So I'll go one, two, three, four. I land on a space with pink and green. I'm going to drink up. It is now co-host dave's turn oh we just really like calling each other oh fuck yeah we do that's a four. Four. Oh, he lands on top of me so if he were to have landed on me after i had picked up one of the tokens the beer wine or the whiskey then he would be able to steal it or um i believe you said you can't steal something you already have yeah you can send it back so you can though. send it back so oh. if, if him and i both had beer and he landed on me he could send the beer back to the store or if he had if i had something that he didn't have he could just steal it which is rude. Don't do that. At some point, I'm sure I will. Six. Six. Oh, believe it lands on me then. Yep. Ooh. So that would be white and purple again. Glug, 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 glug. Glug, 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 glug. Do it. That's a seven. Ooh, so where I want to go. So I believe it gives you room to... Yeah, you, you get more, your choice. Right? He can yeah. either keep moving that way or he can scooch that yeah. way. Yeah. think... I'm going to move one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I landed on a space that says safe. So if someone were to land on me and I have beer, wine, or liquor with me. Then he's safe. I'm safe. Irregardless. Cool. It is now Nick's turn. That is seven. So I'm going to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I landed on a space that says Beer Run, so I will take one of the Beer Run cards. It says, Social, everyone take a drink. Social! Cheers, guys. Social. Cheers. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Delicious. All right. Ooh, that uh, is tasty. It is now Mr. Dave Linder's turn. Co-host. Tiz. Co-host. Co-host. Thank you, co-host, Nick. Nine. Nine. Ooh, impressive. So let's give a drink. Well done. Right. Give. So I give a drink to whoever Ooh. I would like. Co-host Nick. Oh, thank have a you. Drink. You're great. Cheers. 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 Glug, glug. All right. Let's see. I rolled a six. Um... Two, three, four, five. This is the tiki bar. 
So, this round's on you. Give out four seconds of sips and roll again. Interesting. Nick will have two, and Dave will have two. Uh, Go co-host, co- Nick co-host. and Dave. Cheers, co-host. Cheers, co-host. No, roll again. Oop, I have to take a drink. Ooh. And I will move five. One, two, three, four, five. I don't so, you. blue and white. One, two, three, four, five. Oop, I guess that's oh, me. Wait. Cheers. I'm, I'm going to have to move this bottle. Just back a little bit. Well, I guess that means it's my turn. It's Zach's turn. I will roll a three. three. A very humble three. Well, I guess that means I can be able to So that's okay. Yep. Keep drinking there, Brett. I am. Next turn. Six. Hmm. Let's go this way. One, two, three, four, five, six. Got a beer run card. Last person to touch their nose drinks. Oh, damn. Ha! Take that. It's Zach. Classic. Your turn, co-host. Thank you, co-host. You're welcome. It's never going to get old, co-host. It's probably already old to everyone else. That one. Look at how That one is really weird. Two, three, four, five... Pick up some wine. Didn't realize you were a wine connoisseur. Let's see who's joining us now. We got Miss Eight. Nikki. Good to see you. Zeb, one, good two, to see three, you too. Four, Kanan. Five, six. Made it to the wine store. Glad to have y'all. Greetings. Hello. At the wine I'm going to beat store. you back. We're at the wine store. Ooh, Eight. doubles. Ooh, yes. That so means whoever, he gets to go again. That's right. So I move one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm gonna stop here and get some beer. Dun, 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 dun. And then roll go drink some beer. Oh, must take, I a, take drink, a drink. But you also get to move four. All right. So I will move one, two, three, and four, and stop on red and purple. I say you do Cheers, give buddy. yourself drinks, I assume. What? If you land on a spot with your color, I assume you have yeah, to of administer drinks to yourself. What question is this, Brian? All right. I, my turn. Covering my ass. Eight. I'll cover your ass. Wow. Whoa. Thank you. Whoa. Sorry. That was too far, Dave. Too far. And it is Dave, the co-host, Linder's turn. Thank you, Nick, the co-host, Benson. We have the same middle name. I know. Weird. Strange. Are we related? It's a really bad middle name. <laughs> Skip, skip turn. turn. Ooh. Does that mean your next turn skipped or his turn I skipped? I believe so. Interesting. Got the R&D department on it at the time. Yeah. Very Beep notorious boop, boop, for being boop, a little boop, pokey, boop, boop, but they get That's the R&D. Done. It doesn't actually... I assume it's my turn, so I skipped my turn. Agreed. So my next turn is skipped. My next turn is skipped. Your next turn? Yeah. Ooh. Well, that's just nasty. Yeah, it actually does not. Yeah, skip turn. So say on here. Hmm. I skip my turn. Okay. Skip your next turn. Yeah, I would. I would assume it's skip next turn. It, so yeah. My next turn would be, I'd yep. be on that space. All right. All right. Makes sense. Ow. A Note drink. Yourself. Don't wait on that. 
and I get to move five. So one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to go on a beer run card. What you got? 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 Move five spaces in any direction. Ooh. One, two, three, four, and five. Landed on a safe zone. Like the first beer run card has not been negative or a bad thing, rather. I don't know. Socials are pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Being social. Yeah. Perspective. I will move one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and lean on give, which is four seconds worth of drinks. Yep. Yeah, to anyone. So I will. No, give, gi- give is give out one second of drinking. Oh yeah. Just one second. Yeah, Just one is. second. All right, Brett, take a second of drinking. Hello there, Mister Puddin. Ah, uh, Puddin. Oh, it's Puddin. Mm, Puddin. All right, uh, co-host turn. Nick, it's your turn. I cool. do believe. Five. Hmm. One, two, three, four, five. Give a drink. Give it to my good friend right over there. Hello. Take a drink. Drink. Do it. Brett's not driving today. He will continue drinking. He's okay with it. <laughs> Ooh, Dude, doubles. double fours. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Green oh. drinks. All right. Oh, I drink. Huh. And you give another. Uh, co-host Nick. Thank you. Can uh, someone... Good boy, Ryan, taking a drink with yeah. us. Yeah. You reach into the fridge there and grab me a drink, or I can drink some of the pig destroyer. I don't really care. What would you like, sir? Um, sick. There's that weird ass one, dude. That Ugh. throws me off so bad. One, two, three, four, five, six. So red drinks. Red. Would you like right. this? Sure. All right. Next my turn. It's like a nine. You've been rolling high. Yeah. Damn. Decent. One, fucking two, days. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Damn. Lean on the white and red or white and white and yellow. yellow. Which is no one. I promise I'm not colored white. I promise. My turn. Yes. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, no! no! Oh, no! He lands on the go. police. Oh, you broke the seal. So You're the first one to go to the drunk tank. So I lose my wine, right? I believe. Let me double check. R&D's on this. Thank you to everybody that is uh, tuning in with us on Facebook Live. We really appreciate y'all. Creed, I see you just joining in. Hello, Welcome. Creed. Um, Welcome. Thank uh, you no, you everyone. don't lose it. You just go to the drunk. Oh, thing. cool. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to us on, uh, just listening to the audio, whether that be on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Music. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you to the Journey to Comics Network. Yes, thank for you. For hosting us. Um we're we're kind of we're kind of taking over the network. Is the dudes pretty much? Yeah, the dudes plague. The dudes are coming in hot. Yep, yep. The so. dudes are coming. The dudes, the dudes are back in town. The dudes are back in town. The dudes are taking over. You have to take a drink, also, sir. You're in the drunk tank, and you have to take a drink, like you do. And it's literally a tank on the board. Yeah, it's hilarious. Just a tank. Getting that beer. Uh oh. Done did it. He's got two of the three necessary party tools before he goes back to Mike's. It's not looking good, boys. 
not looking good. All right. Oh, got to take a drink. I keep getting these low-ass numbers plus a drink. So, looks like I'm obviously going to go here, grab a beer run card. Beer run. 